the blast from our past network. Codrite! Codrite! Hello, Newman. This is so f***ing good! Nothing for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a regifter. Well, let's start the insanity. Giddy up. Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are two super fans giving you every single episode of Seinfeld because Seinfeld is the greatest sitcom in history. I'm Adam. I'm Corey, and I agree with what you just said. <laughs> yes. Everyone does. I assume a lot of people who are listening probably do, or at least think it's in the conversation. Yeah, yeah, I think so. That's a safe assessment. At least in the conversation, yes. (laughs) Today, we are bringing you the smelly car. Smelly car, smelly car, why are they driving you? I know that's a reference from Friends. Please don't hate me, but it just made sense. Uh, All right, this is season four, episode 20. It first aired on April 15th, 1993. Corey, my man. Could you give us the synopsis? Yes, sir. And by the way, I'll never hate on a friend's reference, my man. <laughs> I will never hate on that. I, I love in like the uh, in the Seinfeld boards on Facebook. I love that there is just like this big trash on friends thing. It's just kind of funny. I mean, it's 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 a good rivalry. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. And it's like you said, it's a rivalry. It's kind of like a fun sort of like sports rivalry too. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, dude. I uh, smelly car. I get it. All right. A smelly valet stinks up Jerry's car and anyone who comes in contact with it. George discovers he drove Susan to lesbianism. That is basically it. All right, and we start off with a scene breakdown. And per usual, we've got a stand-up. This one on doggy bags. All right, yes. (laughs) Here we go. Uh, Whenever you ask for a doggy bag in a restaurant, there's a certain sense of failure there, isn't it? People always whisper to the waiter, Excuse me, I'm sorry. You're going to have to bring the doggy bag. I couldn't make it. And it is embarrassing because a doggy bag means either you're out at a restaurant when you aren't hungry or you've chosen the stupidest possible way to get food that there is. How about the doggy bag on a date? That's a good move for a guy, huh? Let me tell you something. If you're a guy and you ask for a doggy bag on a date, you might as well have them just wrap up your genitals too. You're not going to be needing those for a while either. <laughs> I loved every aspect of this of this monologue opening. I hated every aspect oh, of this no. monologue opening. And I've got a couple reasons for that. Uh, one, you know... The pressure to eat all your food as a guy is part of the reason I'm overweight. <laughs> I hate that. You know, I wish I knew how to stop myself. You know, I'm a fairly big guy. Um, you know, I'm athletic enough, but I am still definitely probably considered in the obese category. Actually, I'm quite certain I am. Um, but, you know, you get that social pressure of eat all your food, eat, you know, and, 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 you know, even from parents, you know, it's always eat all your food before you can go, you can leave the table, stuff like that. And it's like, no, you should eat until you're not hungry anymore. Yeah. I was, was going to say, I, th- I feel like that was like, it also came on the tail end of like the eighties and the seventies mm-hmm. were like the parents, it was like, you have to eat all your food because, yeah. because those parents, they also grew up, I think it was instilled from their parents who were the, um, the, the generation with, with like, you know, no money and everything. So it's yeah. like, it kept trickling down, but now, yeah, you're right. Like now in 2020, 
I think it's really more considered like you stop eating when you're done, when you're exactly. full. You don't have to clear your plate, you know, even and with it, kids. And some restaurants give you such big portions. It makes sense to split them up into multiple meals. So, you know, I, it just hearing this monologue made me pissed at my how fat I am <laughs> and, and how I have trouble not eating everything in front of my plate because it's so ingrained in your head. And it's just like a, oh, it's here. I should eat it. Food tastes good. I should eat it. Not... I'm not full anymore. I should save this for another time. And so it just made me realize how fucking fat I am, Corey, so I didn't like it. <laughs> oh, man. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> Hopefully this episode will make you feel oh, better man. about yourself. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Let's find out as I talk through the different scenes. We start off. I thought you were going to say as I talk through my trauma. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Uh, all right. No, we'll we'll talk about the fat thing again at the uh, series finale. <laughs> yeah, which true, is probably true. maybe maybe. Oh <laughs> wait, you know what? I'll wait till because they are mean to John Panette. Holy shit, they are mean to that guy. Okay, all right, <laughs> but we're not we're not there yet. Thankfully, we still got like five more seasons. I was gonna we're say there. we're not even close. We're literally like years away from that. <laughs> yes. All right. Jerry and Elaine are outside of a restaurant. Uh, they're getting their car from a valet. It's a pretty nice looking place. You know, this uh, random couple walks by and the lady has this huge fur coat on and i was just waiting i was like okay elaine's gonna say something to her because that is very elaine to say something about a fur coat because there's obviously that's going to be happening i can't remember what episode it is down the line but there was nothing and i was like oh okay maybe maybe they haven't established elaine is that far you know into kind of um that far gone yet (laughs) not that far gone but yeah she's she's a little bit more you know liberal a little bit a little bit more SJW, uh, as she, as they, you know, kind of write that more into her character. So not there yet, but I, I could have sworn cause it was a huge fur coat. Like it was, <laughs> I thought she was gonna, I thought she was gonna like rip it off her or something. Um, but all right. So they get in the car and it smells atrocious. We get this great line. I am sure this is like a line that you said before. Um, it just seems like it where Jerry's like, do you smell something? And Elaine's like, do I smell something? What am I hard of smelling? <laughs> my, my only note on this scene is Elaine quote, what am I hard of smelling? I love that line so much. Really good line. Uh, and my only yeah. other note I will say is that that valet should have opened her door for her. Oh, that's a good call. Yeah. Absolutely good. Oh, well, he's a, calling out the bad valet manners. <laughs> I like it. So, uh, all right. But, yeah, so it's this B.O. from the valet. And while they're driving, I notice it's pretty rough green screen. Did you yeah. notice that, too? Yeah, dude. That was really bad. Even for TV bad, it was bad. I don't know what was going on there. Yeah, I don't know why they – did it that way because i've seen other car scenes from them and yeah. it just didn't look as rough as that yeah. one even we've we've seen uh nighttime car scenes too mm-hmm. and, and they haven't looked that bad i i don't know wh- like <laughs> i don't know what was in the water that night at the vfx studio when they were working on that shot yeah uh all right so then we cut to elaine is at this guy carl's place who she's seeing right now um you know they start making out and uh immediately i looked at the guy i was like elaine you could do better oh bro bro <laughs> that was my only note for this scene which is elaine's boyfriend is fucking ugly and, you know, i'm like <laughs> i'm like seriously like like she's into him too and i'm like this guy is like doopy and weird looking i mean you know no offense to the to the actor but i'm like elaine you, you can do a whole lot better which is, you know, you know, I, I kind of ripped on how they made fun of like the fat guy in the the end of se- at the end of the show 
And here we are, like, ripping on this dude for just not looking up to our quote-unquote TV standards right. as well. Like, we're not, we are no better than uh, the, 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 any of the Seinfeld guys. Because the irony is that that actor playing her boyfriend, he's, he's just a normal-sized human being, you know? Maybe a little yeah. bit on the, on the heavy side, but just yeah. no more so than you would see someone walking down the street. But when you see him on TV, like they say, you know, TV adds whatever, 10 pounds or whatever. It's just like, oh, no, dude, you're, 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 he's doughy that's the problem yeah, he, he looks doughy he looks doughy but both of us are doughy and we both got hot wives so <laughs> true, true true so yeah there you go okay all right um all right anyway he smells her hair while they're making out and he just he is turned off this bo is apparently that bad and it's infused into her hair as well uh so that's kind of the end of that george and kramer are at a video store and uh you know we see george he spots these two lesbians from behind and we get his whole inner monologue about lesbianism and, you know, well, what drives a woman to lesbianism, things like that. Uh, and then they turn around and one of them is Susan. So Susan Good. that he Susan Ross that he used to date. Uh, you know, we know her very well by this point. George is freaked out. And I love how she just calls him out on his bullshit right here. <laughs> oh, dude, I know. So so do I, man. Like the whole th- when he's like kind of talking to himself like, oh, you're you know, you're you're experimenting. That's great. I'm the first person in the pool. You know what I'm talking about or something. like that. He's like, you know me. And she's like, oh, I know you. Yes. Basically knowing that that he's he's completely full of shit. And actually, I kind of liked him and Susan's interaction this entire episode. Um, but I will say this it, for one. I loved seeing all the the, the VHS boxes in there. It, it reminded me yeah. of when I when I worked at a at a video store in the late nineties. Uh, and the guy working behind the counter, did you recognize him at, at all? I did. I, I know. I totally recognized him as someone. I was like, I've seen you before in stuff. Yeah, he's uh, his name oh, is he was in back. Ga- Go ahead. Uh, his name is Courtney Gaines, um, and I personally know him from Children of the Corn. He was kind of like one of the bang, main okay. baggers in that, uh, Malachi or something. And uh, I also know him from The Burbs. Oh, uh, yeah. He, he's that kind of weird-looking guy at yeah. The Burbs. What, um, yeah. I, like, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking He's got a very like pale face, but like a freaky-looking beard and just yeah. a strange dude. I, I particularly remember him from... Um, uh, Back to the Future, though, just kind of rethinking about it because he's one of like the he he's like a kind of a punk who he's not with Biff's crew, but he he's somebody who looks super nerdy and he also makes fun of George McFly, which I'm like, <laughs> why are you making fun of George McFly? You look like it was worse of a nerd than he does. But <laughs> yeah, oh, I remember those days in in school when like you had to, <laughs> you had to make some fun of someone else to to get yourself higher up on on the social standing, yep. you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway. So as you mentioned, she's she's been a lesbian since they broke up. You know, I do love callback to that great movie. George is renting Rochelle Rochelle, uh, one woman's journey, one uh, young woman's journey, uh, erotic journey from Milan to Minsk. But he was renting that, which did he I can't remember. Did he see that in the theater or they saw? Well, they all. Yeah, it was the movie theater episode. They all all started it, but then they but then they left it. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think they finished it all the way through. Um, And then but what I like about this is it gives you a nice little uh, time stamp that we can extrapolate how much time has passed between the movie theater episode and this one, because we know back then it's very different than today where movies would come out on video like two or three months afterwards. I mean, it sometimes took nine months, you know, or Mm -hmm. so to come out on on yeah i was gonna say it's it's probably like between six to nine months or something like that yeah yeah so so So. i mean yeah at the very least it's six months yeah 
Yeah, so probably yeah, anywhere between six to maybe a year or so. Um, but he tries to return it, and he didn't rewind it, so he's got to pay this $2 no rewind fee, which is, haha. I mean, looking at it in 2020 eyes, it's no rewind fees are all just funny now. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> and if you're, if you're younger than 30, that rewind fees at a VHS rental place was a yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's all you know upset about having to pay that, but Kramer is like, hey, you don't have to do that. Don't pay that. You know, keep it for another day. The extra late fee is less than the extra uh, than the rewind fee. So he says, go take it home, rewind it, and bring it back. Which is actually sound advice. Now, granted, George's had a hiccup with it, but Kramer's yeah. advice was actually sound. I'd say it's sound. If you, you know, if your time is worth that little to have to go True. back to the store another time, he's there now. But George doesn't think like that. T- George's time is worth nothing. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, because he's, he's unemployed. George's time yeah. is – he has nothing but time at this point. Yeah, very true. <laughs> uh, but also we see in this scene at the, the, at the um, video store, Kramer's kind of like chatting with uh, Susan's girlfriend at this time. Just kind of – he does like this golf swing and just kind of like – just kind of chatting her up. Yep. Okay. At the apartment, Jerry mentions that the car has gotten even worse it gained, it somehow gained strength throughout the night. Which I love that. I love how this entire episode is it's just like mythical. It, he 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 mm-hmm. treats it like a, a monster, he even calls it it's the beast. I love that. I love the idea that they take the smell and yeah. and make it something bigger than it is. Yeah, it is um you know they the show's pr- usually pretty grounded in reality, but the fact that this guy had such bad BO is something that's pretty uh it's pretty non-believable, but they, but it's 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 pretty damn funny. Well, actually, the the funny thing there is the writer Peter Melman uh, on the behind the scenes on this. He was explaining the the inception of this episode, and he said he had this lawyer friend that was always pitching these crazy like, like case ideas to him and everything, and he was mm-hmm. always like, "Nah, nah, whatever, whatever." But th- his lawyer friend didn't even pitch this idea. He was just telling him about a case that he was like working on, where someone had uh, this exact thing. Like there was a bo that was so powerful that like they had to take action against the person wow. that created. It. <laughs> and then and Peter Bellman was like, like, I couldn't believe that he didn't pitch that one to me. And this is the one that I turned into an actual like Seinfeld episode. That is pretty funny. Uh, all right. Elaine is chatting and she's trying to figure out why Carl shut her down. Uh, I like another good line from her. Is it possible I'm not as attractive as I think I am? <laughs> like that's another line I've I hear about from, you know, just Seinfeld fans. Yeah, and and Jerry's response I loved, which is anything's possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True. Uh Kramer comes in and he comes in to raucous applause. And I didn't like this. And I'll tell you why I didn't like this. We already saw him at the video store. Mm. I disapprove of the Kramer clap. When this isn't the first time we see him in the in the uh, episode, okay, I will pro- I will say I, I I feel you. I know what you're saying, but I guarantee you they filmed those scenes because they were a different set. I guarantee you they yeah. filmed them uh, on a different day. And I say that because Susan does a, um, something later where she her dialogue is over the laugh track, which tells me that she it, the laugh track wasn't there when she was doing mm-hmm. her dialogue. So I guarantee you they shot the video store stuff probably like in one day, you know, and with yeah. not with this a studio audience. 
Yeah, probably, but it still it still bothered me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, it doesn't change you. the fact that it bothered me. You're right. You're right. I I, I apologize. Uh, your 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 feelings are valid, my friend. Thank I did you. not mean to. Uh... <laughs> Damn straight. All right. So Kramer comes in being all upset about the Yankees. Specifically, he's upset about Steinbrenner, who's ruining the Yankees, which is great. Steinbrenner reference, who's going to become a fantastic character down the line, a Larry David character um down the line which is uh, you know it's nice to just hear him kind of talk about that knowing what's going to happen in the show later yeah um you know he he thinks uh he notices the stink on jerry right here and they realize that the bo has is attached to them uh including (laughs) elaine with her hair and they're just like oh my god it's it's the beast or whatever it's it's moving on it's so good it's so good he's like my car stinks is what's happening and it's destroying everyone in its path (laughs) Mm mm-hmm uh, in the car, George uh, goes with Jerry. Um, you know, they're, he wants to go to the restaurant to try and, like, you know, get them to pay for cleaning of it, stuff like that. Uh, George is worried that he, quote unquote, turned Susan, um, which is just, it's, it's kind of a, a ridiculous thing. I have known guys who have been the last uh, guy with a woman before she, you know, switched sides, if you will, or whatever. Um, but, you know, George is so insecure. The fact that he thinks it's all about him. Of course. And he's the fault. Like, you know, it's just very narcissistic to think, you know, it's my fault. Yeah. Um, but he's convinced about it. And, and of course, he's also like now a little bit more intrigued by her because yeah. of that. <laughs> yeah. And I love how Jerry's like, so let me get this straight. And he's like, no, I'm not even going to worry about it. I, he didn't even try to like understand it. He was like, screw it. I'm not dealing with this. Yep. So, yeah, they get to the restaurant and they, you know, trying to get the manager to smell the car and they end up, you know, getting him in the car to smell it. Did you Um, recognize him? He looks so familiar Hmm. to me. I did not recognize him. He didn't he didn't stand out as a a look to me. Um, So, yeah, I guess we'll just move on without looking it up for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I'll look it up. Now I feel like, well, fuck, we got to do our due diligence. (laughs) Oh shit! Okay, hold on. I have the episode. Okay, uh, his name is Michael Day. Uh, it's like D E S Barris. Uh, Michael Day Barris. Uh, Bur- oh man, I know I botched that. I'm sorry. Debar. <laughs> it's probably Michael Debar. I'm sorry, Michael. Um, he's got a lot of credits, but nothing that like yeah. I've really twelve credits. Yeah, me either. What Frazier? Maybe he was a character on Frasier that I, I recognize. I feel like he was the other doctor, like a like a I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. Well, I, I mean I guess it's just to you know, just for us. But yeah, he Well that that helped nobody. Nobody whatsoever. <laughs> no, single he was thing. in Ghoulies. Huh. He was in Ghoulies, huh? Okay. Ghoulies, yeah. Nineteen eighty four. That's a cult movie that you would like. Yeah, Poison oh, Ivy. Oh, he Poison was, Ivy. Oh, the he new was in, seduction. He was on. He was in Under Siege. I, I guarantee you, oh. I probably recognize him in that. Interesting. He looks like a Billy Idol wannabe in some of the pictures that I'm seeing with him. Yeah, he he looks like a Rob Paulson wannabe in some of the pictures I want to. I see him as well. Yeah, but I, I don't. I don't know. I do not know this guy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that that was good. Uh, that was good radio right there, wasn't it? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> And we're uh, on fire tonight, guys. <laughs> Sorry. Let's get back to Seinfeld. Hey, everybody. Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. 
Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today in studio is co-host oh, hey, Dean. Hey, Tim, Dean, huh? uh, this isn't a full episode, this is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays, and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then... Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Talking back. Hey, everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late-night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. Hello, everybody. I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. And now, back to the show. Where am I? Where am I? Where am I? I the Matrix uh, E was freaking out in the car, which is great. Yes, that was right. just awesome. <laughs> he does freak out, and it is good. Um, uh, here we also notice George is upset. His movie has gotten taken, gotten stolen from the car. Now, that just means Jerry did not lock the car when they left and went inside the to the restaurant, very likely. No, no, they said the, uh, they left the windows open to air out. The oh, car. that was right. You're right, you're right. The, the windows open to air it out. Yep, yep, uh, yep. Um, but, yeah, so now Rochelle Rochelle was taken, and so it's like, damn it, now he's going to have to pay – you know, the fee to get the car or to get the movie, you know, repaid for. Yeah. Um, and, and I love oh, how the maitre mm-hmm. d' knew Rochelle Rochelle. Like everyone in this episode yeah. knows it. It's it's like it's become a, a little thing inside the show. Mm-hmm. Very true. Uh, Elaine tries to explain the whole B.O. thing to Carl. And, you know, she washed it, her hair multiple times. And uh, it's still there. So he is still having trouble with her. Uh, George at the video store. He's, you know, returning. He's well. He was gonna return it, and now he's trying to, you know, figure out what he owes for that. And he has Susan meet him at the store um, to ask her about her lesbianism, and <laughs> you know, is it is it his fault and that kind of thing? Which again is ridiculous, but it is kind of funny, and it is good because it comes back as a joke later on at the end of the episode. Uh, but now he owes ninety eight dollars, which makes sense because it was an it was an art house film. It was a it was a foreign film. I mean, not even just that. Like, I mean, dude, any movies um, retail back then in the '90s costs like 120 bucks. Like, that's how much the video stores would have to like pay for them and shit. There was no mm-hmm. like Suncoast and whatnot back in '92. That shit came out, I think, like like more like '95, '96. Like, it came out a little bit after that, but before there, that was like there was like no VHS retail back then. That mm-hmm. was very very standard. Yeah. Okay. He asks a really dumb question, you know, who leads when you're dancing and trying to figure out who's dancing? Uh, and she rightfully says, I mean, I, I actually, I really like Susan in this episode because she's like, you're an idiot, is all she responds with. She doesn't, she doesn't um, 
you know, give him any any answers to his stuff because they're stupid ass questions. So And he shouldn't be um, asking in the first place. Exactly. And she also, you know, retorts back, You stink. Which is because now <laughs> because he's been in the car, the the beast has moved on to him. So um Mona, who's Susan's girlfriend, um, you know, who saw Kramer at the store, is now in love with Kramer. <laughs> we see him. Of course. Um because, you know, she was a golf instructor or whatever and so He's all excited about that, and he's he's got the Kavorka or whatever it is. He's the Kavorka, I guess. I, and I thought this was going to be the episode where he says that, yeah, but no. No, I mean, but they do plant that seed yeah. for so many episodes before that. I, I can't remember when that'll come out. Maybe we'll find it in season five. Maybe who knows? But um, you know, it's not really. It's funny because anytime just Kramer being a ladies' man is ridiculous, you know, because it's so no way. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, granted, he's got the confidence. That would be good for a ladies' man, but he is uh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, his his confidence and his charisma just mm-hmm. are are like at a ten and just outweigh, I guess, everything. But I, I don't know, man. I'm not I'm not the fairer sex, so I, I don't know what yep. people would see in him. You know. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, uh, Jerry takes the car to this intense car wash. At the same time, we're getting a you know the uh, same scene of Elaine going to a hairdresser. Now, did um, you which- recognize the hairdresser? I did recognize the hairdresser, and I remember him maybe most, which is a really small part from Fast Times at Richmond High. Is the pizza guy in that? Yeah, dude, he is. He is that guy. Uh, that's uh, his name is Taylor Negron. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, he passed away in 2015. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's he's everyone knows him as the pizza delivery guy from <laughs> Fast Times. Um, but he was also the the villain in Last Action Hero, which I really mm-hmm. like that action movie. Um, and yeah. he was. I mean, it's Arnold, so I, I hold it in high enough regard. Uh, no, oh, la- uh, uh, Bruce Willis. Last, act- last action hero. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. I was thinking last of last. Act- I was thinking of last Boy Scout. He's 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 oh, okay. He's, he's the in the villain. last Boy Scout. You're, no, yeah. I'm sorry. I was thinking of last Boy Scout. He's the villain in last Boy Scout. You're right. Last okay. action hero is is Arnold. That that's my bad. I, um, I know my freaking Arnold. Don't yeah, you no. dare yeah. test. My Arnold knowledge. <laughs> no, no, that that was a hundred percent my my bad. Um, but I was okay. just gonna say, I personally love Taylor Negron in Nothing But Trouble. Oh, okay, Nothing But Trouble is a funny movie. It's a weird movie, man. He's he's the one that says something like, "I'm sick of this," and I'm and your pickle flicking train, and then jumps out yeah. the window at the okay. dinner table. He was yeah, great I, in that movie. I kind of, re- I'm pretty sure he was in Biodome. Um, and I think I, I think I remember liking him in that as well. But I, I mean, like, he has yeah. a smaller part. Yeah. But all right. Um, so he plays a great hairdresser. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Perfect. So uh, Jerry decides he's just gonna sell the car. Uh, but you know, in another another good line, another Superman reference here. He says, "Even Superman would be helpless against this kind of stench," which yep. is great. <laughs> and this is where we get it's the Beast. It's the Beast. Um, Susan is banging on Kramer's door this time. She is just all pissed because he stole her girlfriend. And we get here. This is a classic line from George after she leaves, uh, where he's like, "Amazing." I drive them to lesbianism. He brings them back. <laughs> yeah. So just, yeah. There's a yeah. lot of lines in this episode that I, I've seen in yeah. clip shows. This one is Pretty very good. heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kramer comes over and, you know, he's kind of hiding from her <laughs> uh, until she left. And they're all just like, Kramer, how did, how did you get to do this? I don't, I don't understand it. And he's just like, I'm Kramer. <laughs> yep. And, that, and that's another one that that's they'll it. show, too, on, on clip yeah. shows. Literally, like, two, they'll show two of them that, have, you know, have, like, three minutes apart on the show, but they'll they'll show them across the board on the clip shows. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
uh, at Monks, George and Susan are talking. They're uh, really punching the lesbianism as a joke too much for me. I just like they just they're just kind of making it like, OK, she's a lesbian and that's a punchline. And it, that that didn't land as well for me. I just didn't think it was all that funny. That's the thing. Uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't. I didn't look at it like that. Um, I was more like, you know what? I actually kind of uh, liked George and, and Susan in this little scene right here. I was actually kind they, of just enjoying that. I was like, you know what? They do kind of have chemistry. Their dynamic was 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 good between them. Yeah. Um, it's just like I just didn't think the jokes, you know, having having a little bit more age to them now, yeah. didn't land as well as some of the other stuff. Yeah. yeah. So um, he sees an ex who. Uh, you know, I can't. We had met her before. Yeah, I think her name's yeah, Allison. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. She was obsessed with him. Yeah, yeah early on. Yeah, it's the one um, he couldn't. Yeah, he couldn't get rid of her. Yeah, we when we were like, why? Why she's hot? Like, why would she want? Yeah. To? <laughs> uh, but she kind of looks up and down on Susan, and this immediately kind of brings us back to oh, George has said after he dates them, they turn to lesbianism. Lesbianism. And honestly, this was funny. Yeah. This was a good payoff to all of that other joke that was just like, eh, George, you're neurotic, you stupid idiot. No one cares. It's not It's not about you. And then this kind of is like, oh, shit, maybe he does turn them to lesbianism. <laughs> that was kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at the car dealer, Kramer, uh, he, he, he mentions, he was, I guess he was talking about her, Mona again, but he mentions his uh, fake wood wallpaper. I noticed, and I was like, "Oh hell yes!" He brought that up in the very last episode, um, the the Junior Mint, and I was like, "You know what? I appreciate hearing that follow up that he that he still has that paper on it." I did that too. He did end up doing it. So, just that little but, bit of connective tissue yeah, that we enjoy, you know. Exactly. Uh, Jerry can't sell the car because of the smell i will say that i loved the salesman's reaction when he got in there like his scream Uh was like so like vomitatious he was like you know it was great but he's like i can't sell this car and then i love jerry's response he was like this wicked funk (laughs) uh so he tries to uh you know basically leave it let it get stolen so he could maybe you know get some money uh, from his insurance that way. And even that doesn't work. The guy who is, you know, going to steal it doesn't even want to steal it. No one does because it's because yep. it's a wicked funk. Yep. And uh, speaking of wicked funks, we end with a stand up on B.O. <laughs> on wicked funks. Why do we need B.O.? What's the function of it? Everything, everything in nature has a reason, has a purpose, except B.O. Doesn't make any sense. Do something good, hard work, exercise, smell bad. <laughs> this is the way human, this is the way the human being is designed. You move, you stink. Why can't our bodies help us? Why can't sweat smell good? It'd be a different world, wouldn't it? Instead of putting your laundry in the hamper you'd put it in a vase you go down to the drugstore and pick up some deodorant and perspirant you'd probably have a you'd probably have a dirty sweat sock hanging from the rearview mirror of your car and then on a really special night maybe a little underwear coming out of the breast pocket just to let her know she's important that's silly man <laughs> it's, 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 it's me the, it's the okay. one thing i love about talking about the stand-up stuff with you is that it really does show that like comedy is subjective like people's mm-hmm. uh you know what they like about it is subjective because i just assume that if i think it's funny you'll probably think it's funny but that's not always the case and yeah. you know what that's what makes the world go round 
technically that's not what the, makes the world go around. Um, there are <laughs> a whole bunch of different. Yeah, there's gra- there's gravitational pulls from the sun and and you know how the how the axis is tilted and all that kind of stuff. So I don't think comedy is what's doing it. But you know what? I haven't checked a science book in a while, so maybe, maybe that's what it is. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, that's the end of the episode. Let's go into our general discussions. Uh, curious, curious, Corey. I'm curious what you thought about. The smelly car. I thought you were going to call me Curious George. Um, George, (laughs) uh, Honestly, I really enjoyed this one, Uh, but not just for the clip show worthiness of it and everything, because there are a lot of things in this episode that are clip show worthy and dialogue. I liked the dialogue in this episode. I liked mm. the the back and forth. There were just some really good scenes. I, I really enjoyed the conversations that were happening. And I also felt like everyone sort of had something to do, which is something we sort of, you know, uh, have a problem with here and there if, if not everyone has something to do in the episode. But I think everyone did. Uh, I liked what everyone was doing. Uh, I liked the the pace of it. You know, I thought it was a really fun-paced episode. Um, as much as I liked the, the, the stand-ups at the beginning and end, they they weren't like the strongest ever, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, not like my favorites ever, but they didn't like detract from me. But overall, I'll give this a, a very solid, solid <laughs> four smelly valets out of five. Okay. I was expecting this episode to be weak. I don't know why. Like when I went, when it just kind of got started, I was like, oh, okay, I don't think this is going to be like, because I kind of, you know, I remember this, the smelly car, but I don't remember it being all that strong of an episode. No pun intended. <laughs> but it wasn't weak. It was, you know, it was strong. Maybe not as strong as the BO. <laughs> but um, I think it was a solid episode. I wouldn't say it was quite as strong as some of the previous ones. I don't think it was as good as the Junior Mint, in my opinion, mm. or as some of the other kind of current ones. So I couldn't give it the same score that I gave those. So I gave it 3.5 out of 5 doggy bags. Ah, there we go. There we go. Good one. <laughs> so it's still it's still solid, but it kind of like on the more mediocre good. Yeah. Um but not yeah, it just it just it just didn't hit some of the uh, other recent ones. And and I will reiterate what you're saying. I kind of thought the same thing going in. It kind of I was like, mm-hmm. okay, the smelly car, cool. You know, I'm sure it's gonna be fine. Especially the rate that that the end of season four is going. I'm like, I'm sure it'll be fine, but I don't think it's gonna be something I'm gonna love or I don't really remember. But again, yeah, like you, I was like, oh, oh yeah, oh this is this yeah. one. Oh yeah, these are all like good little scenes. I like this one. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm uh, it's, pleasant. Yeah, very very pleasant, very pleasant episode. Um, but also, you know, like it's interesting. Not like a bunch of stuff to sort of talk about in the episode like like you know it was mm-hmm. one of those things where it's like you know hits the marks and you're like great awesome good job here move yeah. on to the, you move on to the next mark all right good job there you hit it you know yeah and, and i think you're probably talking about our runtime right now i feel like we haven't we haven't padded this episode out all that much <laughs> but that's because i mean it was it was not spectacular to like ranting and talk about all these other side tangents and it wasn't bad enough to rant about it it was yeah. like Oh, that's a yeah. that's a solid episode there. Yeah, yeah, that, it gets like a solid, like good old thumbs up. There you go. Yeah. G- good <laughs> job, Smelly Car. Yeah. And and <laughs> sing us out, Adam. Smelly Car, Smelly, smelly Car. Smelly Car. Why are they driving you, Smelly Car, <laughs> Smelly Car? Why do you stink? Oh, Someone. dude, good one, good one. Now, if this was 2020, hopefully, while they were driving the Smelly Car, they're listening to the black from our past podcast or many of the other episodes and shows on the BFOP network and that includes things like Talking Back 
Throwback Trivia Takedown, Blast From Our Past, and your podcast that you do with our man Zach. That's called Podcasting After Dark. Tell us about it, Corey. Yes, sir. That's a fun little cult movie-centric podcast that uh, Zach and I do. And, uh, you know, we have movies on there. We just released The Keep, Michael Mann's The Keep from 1983, the much maligned uh, movie. And uh, it's fun. What, it's fun to break these down. Mean? Huh? <laughs> what, 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 what does maligned mean? <laughs> Poo-poo. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, it's, so it's smelly. It's smelly. There you go. It's well, well, yeah, but we still have a lot of fun talking about it and digging into it so it's a lot of fun and uh you know we got uh like you said we got some really good shows on the bfop network i can't believe you have me B-fop. saying that doesn't it isn't it, isn't it comes it rolls off the tongue bfop there you go <laughs> and uh if you guys are somehow new to cartwright of seinfeld podcast and you're looking for our back catalog our complete back catalog from season one through right now well they're all over on patreon and uh you pretty much get that for how much adam you get it for only one dollar. <laughs> we need to. Oh my god, dude! We need. I need to uh, isolate the the guy from um, uh, RoboCop saying, "I'll buy that for a dollar." Uh, I'll buy that for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But uh, yeah, if, and if you guys, uh, you know, uh, times are tough. If you don't have uh, a dollar to spare, we understand, and uh, you want to uh, leave well, us a they, nice. Do they have a squid? Do they have a square to spare? spare? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. If we don't have a dollar to spare, please give us a square at least. (laughs) And and by square, we mean a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We'd really appreciate it, and it would go a long way to helping out the show. So thank you guys so, so much. And we will see you next week with the Handicap Spot. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it.